Hello, welcome to your favorite paranormal podcast out in the sticks. I'm your host, Shannon. With me, as always, is my storyteller from the same fella, my sister, Christina. Hey, everybody. What's up? We're finally back. <laughs> we're, finally made, we're finally recording an episode. I am so sorry. <laughs> Life just got in the way, like really, really bad. You know, I, I want to, I wish I could apologize. I, I mean, I guess I'm not, so, I am sorry, but I mean, it's not something I can help, so no, I'm not going to feel bad about I it. It's feel, just, I, well, I just how it is. I feel bad that they haven't had their entertainment because they do love us, but. <laughs> I'm sorry you haven't been able to hear my voice lately. Poor you. I'm kidding. Poor, poor people. No, I do feel bad about it, but like you said, it's not something that could be helped. And so, you know, life is life. Just is what it is. It is. I hope everybody's had, you know, good three good, weeks. Good, good start to the year. Yeah, we I have only not. seen you one time this year. <laughs> oh, golly, I'm so sorry. Yeah, just is what it is. This but, one, I have to honestly say, this one is my fault. My brain was not. In a place where it needed to be to be able to do this. Yeah, sometimes you you just got sometimes you just so, got to take a moment for, your, men- for the, your mental health between the two injuries and then taking care of Mama and trying to sell my house and my brain was just not <laughs> in the place it needed to be. But we'll get there. We will get there. All right. So enough with that. Yes. <laughs> what you got for us? Well, today we're going to go to South Carolina. Okay. And we're going to talk about the South Carolina Lunatic Asylum. Oh, my gosh. Is that the proper word? Lunatic? Well, that was the name of it. Okay. Up until what? Up until later. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what year. Hold on. We'll just, get Just we'll later. Get there. <laughs> just sometime later. In 1821, the South Carolina State Treasury Department authorized the construction of a publicly funded state-run psychiatric hospital at a cost of thirty thousand dollars. That all? That's it. That was probably. I mean, that probably that, that was, was a lot of money in eighteen twenty one. But was it really enough money to really build a hospital, like a good hospital? You think? Well, probably not. <laughs> Let's think. just that's find what I was out. <laughs> Let's find out. Like it probably built a shitty hospital, but well, not a good well, hospital. Let's find out. Okay. So the founding of the hospital was the work of a small group of lawyers, legislators, and doctors, including Samuel Farrow, William Crafts, and Dr. James Davis, who became its first visiting physician. Samuel Farrow. Why do I know his name? That's a familiar. I thought the same thing when I saw that. Maybe I'm thinking about James Darrow. I'm thinking about James Darrow. Maybe. Because <laughs> that's really close to Samuel Farrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Pharaoh Darrow. Yeah. Okay. okay Never, anyway. Move on. <laughs> Never mind. Now, the first building to be constructed was the Mills Building, which was designed by early American architect Robert Mills, who also designed the Washington Monument. Oh, fancy. Yes. Now, the Mills Building was built between 1822 and 1827. The building also featured the latest in fire-resistant ceilings, central heating system, patient security, and also (laughs) featured one of the country's first rooftop gardens. Really? Yes. They weren't afraid that the lunatics would just walk off the top of the building while they were out there gardening? Maybe that was how they kept the population down. I mean, I'm sure they kept these people doped up, so they're going to put them well, on maybe, a roof to garden. Maybe, maybe they weren't the ones that worked at the garden. Well, then what's the point? I don't know. Then what's the point of having the garden? Maybe it was just a rose garden, and it had, like, bars up around the top of it where they couldn't I don't know. Them. 
Anyway, okay. it had a rooftop garden. I have so many questions. <laughs> now, the hospital officially opened in 1827 with 410 beds. Now, it was the only... It was only the second public mental hospital in the United States and also one of the first in the country built expressively for the mentally ill and to be funded by the state government. The first hospital of this kind was in Virginia. Okay. Now, when the hospital first opened, the citizens were wary about sending their loved ones to reside at the hospital. I wonder why. I don't know. I mean, like, because, I mean, that I mean, was I before really, the hospitals, like, how you, how, that well, was before, before people knew how bad they were. Well, before hospitals, they would hide them in the attic. Yeah. Or either let like, them sit on the front porch waving with, with everybody. With some sweet tea. <laughs> I mean, I could see, I mean. I, w- I mean, I, if you've never sent somebody there, yeah, I can understand. I mean, I'm just saying. Because this is before sanatoriums for tuberculosis, too. And right. All, so. so that's my point, is if you think it's bad now. <laughs> <laughs> and just, there's not even any just you wait, just wait just wait for a couple of years we're gonna get there now so the hospital had no patients until 1828 on december 12th of 1828 the first patient was admitted can you imagine being the first <laughs> first guy they're already they're thing. already crazy and they're walking around in this hospital that nobody wants to go to they're alone just walking the hall now, this patient was a young woman whose mother, since her mother did not want to leave her at the hospital, she, she worked as a her. matron <laughs> in the hospital so that her daughter would not be there alone. <laughs> well, I mean, that's nice, though. Yeah, it is. I mean, I can understand her wanting to make sure she's okay, yeah. but she can't. But at the same time, she's probably more than she can handle right. by herself. Right. Now, at first, the hospital only opened to paying patients, uh-huh. which means rich people, people that could pay to have their family members. But admitted. if it's government funded, why would they need Well, to- I guess because they just didn't have the patients coming in because people were scared to send their loved ones there and they had to make money so they could only accept. But if it was government run anyway, how are they going to make money anyway? The government is government run, but it's only government run if you have patients. Oh. You get what I'm saying? They're only going to pay if you have Oh, patients. okay. So the government's not giving them, they're only going to, they're not, the government's only subsidizing the patients, not the hospital. Right, Okay, right. I got you. So with poverty, patients caused billed to the government of the region from which they came, but they had no poverty in there at that time because they were only accepting paying patients because most people didn't want to send their loved ones to the hospital. Gotcha. So the government was going to pay for those patients. But if they're not in there, then okay. they're not going to pay for Now, admission, for the most part, was limited to whites, of course. Oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> Although, some African Americans, including slaves, were admitted before 1848, which was when the, their admission was formally authorized. So, their admission to into mental institutions was authorized in 1848, but in this hospital, some of them were allowed to come in before then. Now, unfortunately, when they started bringing these African Americans in, this caused overcrowding. And in the 1850s, the hospital's facilities were enlarged by first expanding the Mills Building and second by the construction of many new buildings. Now, during this expansion, they also added a mattress factory. Wait, 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 time out. Time 
Time out. Hold up. You said a mattress factory? They made mattresses. Okay. I guess kind of like inmates like giving make. them something like inmates made license Car plates. Tags, yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing. Well, I guess it gave them something to do. At least they're not and, walking and, off the roof. And all, and I'm sure they didn't get paid for it. And I'm sure the factory probably probably not. made a profit that none of the workers ever saw. But that's okay. That's all right. No, it's, they were being it, it's partially okay. taken. They were being partially <laughs> taken care of. Anyway, so, so they had a mat- so not okay. <laughs> So they had a mattress factory, an ice cream parlor. Oh, well, that's a, cute. A carpenter shop, a welding shop. Now, so I'm going to stop right there for a second. Do Why you, do you want, really want to put a really? welder <laughs> in the hands of crazy people? Well, what about hammers and saws? <laughs> well, you could run away from that. <laughs> you could run away from a welder. Well, not necessarily. Because Welders they could get hot. They could set you on fire before but, you but know you could, it. But if you run, there's only so much. So those hoses are going to run out. This is true. So, and they also had a bakery, a library, a theater. Well, that's cool. Greenhouse, a pool room, a gym, a lunch room, this and sounds, a church. Well, this sounds like a pretty nice place. If I'm after <laughs> they done say. the after they done the expansion, <laughs> yes, I'm going to say that sounds like a pretty nice place. Actually. And they would also grow their own food. Hmm. Now, after all of these new expansions, the hospital ended up encompassing 181 acres of land. Just the buildings. The, well, I'm guessing the grounds, oh, okay. like the garden and oh, okay. everything. Now, even with the new expansions, the hospital reached its its capacity again in 1860. A lot of crazy folks. Lots of crazy folks. Now, complaints started of conditions in the hospital, and problems included narrow hallways <laughs> and staircases. If that's the least of your complaints in a 1860s mental institution, you're doing pretty you're good. Doing pretty good. <laughs> Small activity rooms and flooding. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell there's some rich ass people in this place. But there was also flooding on the ground floor. So that well, one I can kind of okay. see. Okay. Okay. I'll give you but. that one. The other ones just suck it up. <laughs> Deal with it. This staircase isn't quite as big as it should be. <laughs> Only two it's people. Not as big as the staircase I had at home. <laughs> we are so wrong for this. <laughs> but I mean, just shut up. I agree. I but think fir- it's rich people. But now the fir- the flooding on the well, I mean, okay, that, okay. I'll, I'll give them. But the small, ri- I mean, we're, our the rooms are too small. Our stairways well, what are kills too small. Me is our hallways you, you bring are too up, small. You bring up the point that it was the rich people complaining about that. But what kills me is they were the ones who got private rooms and a private lunch room. Yeah, shut, so so shut, shut up! Shut, shut up! Shut up! up. Just, just shut up! up. <laughs> And it probably wasn't even the people that lived there that were complaining. No, it was their it was family members. Because the people that lived there, they didn't care. Right. They were doped up. They didn't care. <laughs> Which was how they dealt with those people. With you. Yeah, that's how they dealt with them back then. Yeah, so. I didn't mean to say those people and make it sound like that's not what I meant. I didn't mean those people. With the, with the mentally impaired. Yes. That's how in the 1800s and even early 1900s. And that's probably how they even today. That's well, how they, some of them they have to. Yeah, but some of them they have to. But. That, our mental health but it's not the majority. So... It's not the majority anymore, like it used yeah. to be. All of them just doped up, laying there, not even knowing they're in the world. Yeah. 
All right. So to help with funding during the Civil War, the hospital became a prisoner of war camp for Union officers. Well, how nice. (laughs) Now, this occurred from October of 1864 to February of 1865. Uh, Can I ask a question? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. If they were already at capacity... What did they do with these people when they were using the... Well, the, the Union um, soldiers had to sleep in tents. Oh, okay. So it was the grounds were used, not the buildings. The grounds Okay, were okay, used. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So late in the war, the hospital also became a refuge for many Columbia residents when the city was burning during General William T. Sherman's occupation in 1865. I know what you're going to say. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> Let's just move on. It it just doesn't help that we live near Atlanta and you talk about Sherman. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Go ahead. But it happened. I know. That's what I'm saying. Oh, and by the way, this hospital's in Columbia, South Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot to mention that. You said South Carolina. You just didn't say what city. I didn't say what city. Now, even though it was still struggling after the war, the hospital still accepted new patients. Okay. With slavery now abolished, yay. African Americans became a larger part of the hospital's population. Mm-hmm. Now, this not only increased the population, but also led to the problem of providing separate facilities. Here for the we go. But the white population also grew to overpopulation. So it wasn't just mm-hmm. because the African Americans come in. There was a whole bunch of crazy people after the war. Well, I can imagine. I mean, yeah, it was a crazy I, time. It was. Things things got weird there things for a little got, while. Got, things got really weird <laughs> for about five years. Things got weird. <laughs> now, during all of this, funding was a major problem. I mean, it was in the South after the war. Funding was right. a major problem. Yeah, that, those Confederate dollars didn't work anymore. No, they didn't. <laughs> they but, couldn't find anywhere to take those things. They sure couldn't. Not even the mental institution <laughs> when they wouldn't even know. <laughs> I was wrong for that. (laughs) Moving on. Now, at first, the superintendent would use his own money to buy food and provisions for the hospital. But eventually, they were forced to cut staff in order to buy food and meet other needs. Which Which is not good when you're cutting staff in a mental institution. Plus, when you're already over capacity. Yeah, right. So, you're overwhelming the staff that's left. Right. Well, you're even more overwhelming them because they were right. overwhelmed right. to begin with right. with a full staff. Right. And then when you cut the staff in half, yeah, I, I can't imagine. Yeah. Even in a regular <laughs> hospital, let alone. I'm going to say that I've got a premonition that this is where things get weird. Things are going to get a little <laughs> hairy here for a little while. <laughs> I mean, it does sound like the people that were in charge of it were trying. Though. They were trying. Yeah. The superintendent, he was trying. Yeah. But when the government's not backing right. you up. Right. Because I love our government. But when they I, don't back you I up. I love our country. I don't care too much about government. I won't a, get that, into government. That was a sarcastic <laughs> statement. Hint the sarcasm. I love my country. I just, I'm I not so sure peop- about, I'm not I, too sure about this. Either side of our government. I don't know. I'm not either. I love our country and the people in this country. We we are what makes it great, not the government. Yeah. So so there you go. That's my take on that. <laughs> Anywho. Okay. <laughs> from 1870 to 1877, the population grew from 245 to 300. 
Now, as the population grew and with a short staff, it became impossible to treat patients. Mm. So instead of a hospital to treat the mentally ill, it simply became a dormitory for to house people. them. <laughs> also in 1870, J.F. Sensor, a Maryland native and former Union Army surgeon, became the superintendent. <clears throat> Now, Sensor reported that the rundown rooms were mill cells of chink in the wall that were dark and ill-ventilated. What now? Say that again. He reported okay. that the rundown rooms were mill, mere cells of chink, which means okay. not yep. real good, in the wall, just a hole in the wall, basically, that were dark and ill-ventilated. Okay. Now, he reported that there were no means of properly... <laughs> diagnosing patients and therefore could not be the patients could not be properly treated but Enzer tried to solve this problem to the best of his ability let me guess he started trying to find robots no <laughs> he started trying to find funds for the hospital so okay. he reached out to the community and several citizens made contributions and he also received ten thousand dollars from some, some Philadelphia Quakers mm -hmm. uh, and with this and using some of his own funds, he started making repairs to the buildings. In 1874, he added central heating, plumbing, new furniture, pianos, and books. Hmm. And he also added things to provide for the patient's physical needs, like, I guess, like a gym, like in the right. gym and stuff like that. Now, even with all of the repairs, overcrowding was still a problem. And this accelerated in 1871 when the state government assumed the cost of patient care from the counties. The finances of the hospital became more stable in the 1880s after the government took control mm -hmm. of it until the state legislator instructed the superintendent to economize where he could. Mm -hmm. So we were doing good. <laughs> and, and then, then we the got had to say something about it. It's like the 1980s all over again. I know, right? <laughs> And it's the 1880s. Whoa. Maybe that happens every hundred every years. Every hundred years or, get ready, or all about you every five years. Get ready, all you people in the 2080s because <laughs> it's coming. Oh, it's, it's already here. Besides, we'll be long gone by then. Well, I know that. That's why I'm <laughs> warning them. Earth won't be here in 2080. Okay, so while the other states in the country were raising their per capita spending per patient, the South Carolina Lunatic Asylum was reducing theirs. The cost per patient was reduced from $202 to 140 by 1888. Is this a year? Mm hmm. Well, eight years, but still. But I mean, that's a year, not like a monthly. Yeah, that's it's like. A, yeah. Yeah. Nine years later. It they had, went from 202 to 140? But just wait. Oh, my God. Nine years later. It had fallen to a mere one hundred and seven dollars and eighty cent per a patient. year. Yes, and that's basically just minimal food. Basically, yeah. it's one not of, clothing or anything. And this was one of the lowest in the nation. Yeah, this resulted in financial problems for the hospital once again. No, really, no shit, Sherlock. Issues with staffing, funding, and patient conditions persisted into the twentieth century. By 1900, the population had reached 1,040 patients. And this place originally... 410. 410 but that was before the expansion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, but, but most of those expansions were recreational, uh, yeah. if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, true. So, 
it, in 1900, it had 1,040 patients, and more than 30% of these patients died annually due to poor living conditions and inadequate supervision, mm-hmm. which means inadequate supervision. They didn't have enough staff, so they killed each other. Right. Unfortunately. Now, a legislative study in 1909 found many problems with the hospital. They had to do a study. <laughs> Why didn't they take the money that they used to do this study and give it to, and the, give hospital. It to the hospital? I agree. Now just, these just saying. Now these problems that Yay, they, that their legislative <laughs> study found <laughs> included poor sanitation, dilapidated buildings, patients lived in unclean quarters or were forced to sleep in corridors. Didn't we already know this? Exactly. <laughs> Could somebody just walk in but and we say, had hey. To, no, 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 no. We had to spend money to do a study <laughs> because that's the way we do things. That's how the, that's the way we, we can't take the super, that We can't take the superintendent's word for it. We've got to do a study to make or it. Or just a, have somebody go in and take a few pictures one afternoon. There's got to be a 40 bucks. <laughs> Hell, I'd do it for 20. I would do it for five. <laughs> I can take pictures of that overcrowded asylum for one dollar. I mean, for real. I could just gas money to get there, really. <laughs> if you'll just pay for my gas, I'll go do it. Back then, five dollars would buy yeah. a lot of gas. All right. <clears throat> so, the hospital was at capacity once again in 1910. And it was also underfunded, understaffed, and the patients were not well cared for. So it's pretty much like any other mental facility. <clears throat> pretty much. Today. <laughs> now, this led to plans being made to expand by constructing new buildings. Now, these buildings were on a second campus that was for the African-American patients. Mm-hmm. Now, this mm-hmm. campus opened in 1913 and was known as the Palmetto State Hospital. And I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. I think every- I don't know that I have. I have. I mean, I've heard of a Palmetto. I've heard of a state. And I've heard of a hospital. I just don't know if I've well, heard Well, there of, you go. I don't know if I've heard of all, all of them together in one place. There you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, the superintendent of the hospital from 1915 to 1945, remember this name, Dr. C. Fred Williams, realized the need for community mental health clinics for patients that did not need to be hospitalized to be treated. Right. Like me! He encouraged a program to teach the public about mental illnesses, their causes, and methods of treatment and prevention. The first outpatient clinic opened at the hospital itself in 1920, and the state started transitioning mental health care into community settings. This helped reduce the population of the hospital, and by 1927, several outpatient clinics had opened across the state. The hospital had a population of 5,000 patients in 1950, which led to but, more... But that's out. That's not... But you said outpatient facility, right? Well, it says population, so... Oh, well, damn. I was thinking, like, people they just treated. Well, this led to more outpatient facilities to open across the state in the 60s, 70s, and 80s to help bring some of those numbers down more. Now, by the 1970s, the hospital population was reduced to 3,000. Legal action surrounding patient care and funding and hospital facilities in the 1980s 
A hundred years later, what I said. resulted in a more focused effort to reduce hospital population. And this hospital shut down in 1996. Yes, as many, most of them did. Yes, because they were forced to. Yes. <laughs> now, while the hospital suffered from underfunding, understaffing, and poor patient care, there were also rumors of mistreatment and barbaric medical practices. So probably they were testing on these people. The patients were kept in unclean conditions, which, I mean, if they're understaffed, there's really, I mean, they can't keep up with that. Yeah, probably I not. Mean, and were reported to be near starvation. Well, that's because they were living on $107 right. a year. And they were also not getting their proper treatment for the mental illnesses that they had. Because they weren't treating anybody. Right. Because they, they were housing they people. Could, they were housing people. They couldn't because right. of the funding and the staffing. They couldn't keep up with this. Right. <clears throat> they would use practices like ice cold baths, electroshock therapy, and lobotomies. Here we go. Now, with all of this, it is no wonder that some say some of the patients never left and report that the hospital is now haunted. It's haunted. Haunted. Who's it haunted by? Well, I could not find that. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? I could, listen. No, hold on, hold on. I've this got, is supposed no, to I've be about some, hauntings. No, I've got some paranormal activity, okay. but I couldn't find a particular, like, named spirit okay because i was about to go off on you no 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 no, okay. no, no, no. we've got <laughs> i've got a really creepy story about this hospital but i'm gonna let you decide whether you think it's paranormal or not okay it's now, lightning <laughs> what i've already decided it's lightning uh, well no i don't know <laughs> wait till i tell the story okay now while i could not find reports of a particular spirit a named spirit there have been many reports of paranormal activity now, a lot of people say that strange shadows are seen floating through the halls and across the walls. Some also report hearing screams of former patients, which I could, I could see them screaming a lot. <laughs> Not the ghosts. So but this place the is patient. abandoned. Yes. Okay. And while other other people also report disembodied cries, now I, I would think that the screams and cries would be mainly, or maybe they're hearing crying. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's a baby that lives next door. Could be. <laughs> most people say, but most people and most of the reports that they have are of the feeling of cold spots and hearing residual hospital sounds. So that's the paranormal activity in there. So but, it's like you're in a hospital and hearing people doing hospital but things, but there's there. no hospital. Isn't that weird? Mm, yeah. Now, I'm going to tell a really creepy story that one guy told I'm not going to mention the guy's name because, I mean, this is just creepy. I personally do not think that this is paranormal. Okay. But it's, I'm good. Let me just tell Okay, the story. well, just tell the damn story already. <laughs> now, one really creepy story that I did find, which I believe has nothing to do with the paranormal. <laughs> did this guy get, like, Screwed up the butt or something? No. Okay. <laughs> this story is of a girl who was going through a phase of photography who hasn't gone through that phase at some time in their life. Never. I have. I never did. And she really enjoyed taking pictures of old buildings, which is pretty cool, some of the buildings. Okay. Now, one autumn day, she decided to take pictures of the South Carolina Lunatic Asylum. Who wouldn't? 
She went into the abandoned hospital hoping to get good pictures of the inside. To her disappointment, there was the inside was unremarkable. It had graffiti and drug paraphernalia everywhere, which is an abandoned building. Mm-hmm. I I could have told her that, but... (laughs) Now, she was able to get a couple of good pictures looking outside through some of the windows in the asylum, which Mm -hmm. would be kind of like a patient's eye view, I guess. Yeah. She then went upstairs to try and get a couple of shots from one of the rooms that overlooked the city. Well, she then ventured deeper into the hospital, hoping the interior would be less deteriorated, and she could get maybe get some good pictures. When she reached the other side of the building, she came across the first completely closed door she encountered since she had been in the hospital. Upon closer inspection, she saw something that had her completely frozen in fear. There on the door, tied tightly to the knob, was a large clump of matted human hair. (laughs) It had, hold on. It had jagged remnants of scalp tissue that had left a crimson stain on the roots of the hair, and it looked to be fresh. Now, keep in mind, this is the first closed door that she's encountered. Now, still frozen in fear, she then heard a faint shuffling on the other side of the door, and then heard a scratching sound, and the knob began to slowly turn. What did she do? Her next memory was of being outside trying to catch her breath. on that one. Um, okay. <laughs> now, she dropped her camera inside, but chose not to return to retrieve it. Upon hearing her story, some of her friends went to the hospital the next day, hoping to help her retrieve her camera. Their trip was uneventful, but when they finally reached the room that she had spoke of, they found no hair on the knob and no camera. Mm-hmm. They then noticed that the door was slightly ajar. So, arming themselves with old wooden planks they found in the hospital, they slowly opened they the door. They better Scooby-Doo this shit. <laughs> I can just imagine. <laughs> I've got this little picture. <laughs> they found that the room was empty, but there were dark stains and scratch marks everywhere. So, somebody was being murdered while she was there. Particularly on the other side of the door. They then left the hospital never to return. I personally would like to know exactly what was going on on the other side My of that door. My guess would be somebody got murdered. I'm thinking that, too. <laughs> there was nothing paranormal there about that whatsoever. There was somebody in there being murdered at the time she was in that I hospital. I would think so, too. That's and not that's paranormal. Just, no, I told you I didn't think it was. Wow, that's, that's just crazy. freaky. It's just creepy to think that she's standing on the other side of this door now I got it. We have to figure out who that yes. was. Yes, we do. <laughs> who went missing? I mean, yeah, we need to figure that out. It was just the creepiest story I'd ever heard. I'm like, and that was my first thought is somebody was being murdered in there while yeah. you were there. Yeah. <clears throat> so, with this being said, I'm not sure I would recommend visiting the hospital. Apparently, but, a murderer lives there. But if you're brave enough and think you can handle it, go for it. I <laughs> mean. <laughs> I'm not going. Have at it. <laughs> I'm not what going. What year did that happen? I will have to go back and look and see if I can find a year. I did not notice a year. Okay. Well, how about that? Well. So that I just had to tell that creepy story. Don't go to that hospital, people. People are killing people in it. <laughs> Apparently scalping people. 
apparently. <laughs> wow. So, so yeah. you think that's true? I think it's a true story. I think did she, she did she have a picture of the hair? No, because she lost her camera. Remember? Well, she didn't lose it before. She didn't lose it until after she saw the hair. But she dropped it running out of there. But when the she door started to, would, to open. But when I saw the hair, I would have snapped a picture of that. But if shit. she left her camera on the floor in there and dropped it, she wouldn't have the picture. But she saw the can't. She saw the hair while she still had her camera in her hand. And I get that. But you're saying that she would have proof of it. But if she dropped her camera the picture would be lost because when they went back to get her camera the camera wasn't there oh that's true okay never mind <laughs> maybe she did snap a picture <laughs> of the hair okay i'll, I'll lay off <laughs> all right guys well that was a and cool. honestly if that happened to me my last thought is going to be oh i need to get a picture of this real quick <laughs> damn i would that would be my first thought jeez damn. So, there anyway. you go. That's the story of the South Carolina lunatics. Oh, well, that was a great story. It was. That was very it? interesting, actually. It, I like doing things like this <laughs> when my brain works properly. Yeah. All right, guys. I want to remind you that we also have our true crime comedy podcast out, One Crime at a Time. If you would like to listen to that, you can find that anywhere you're listening to this. Um Yes. If you want to support us, the best thing you can do is go give us a review on iTunes. Don't be or harsh. Apple Podcast. <laughs> Not this week. If you want to be harsh next week, that's fine. Yeah. But give me a little bit of a break. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate y'all so much. Sorry we've been lagging behind, but we'll, we'll get there. We're getting there. We get we them are. out when we can. We are. And we hope you enjoy them. And until next week, remember... The scariest things happen out in the sticks. Ooh. Ooh. Bye. Bye. <laughs>